So I'm Tom Morali. I am from Menden. I was a candidate for the state Senate in 2018, currently the chair of the Menden Democratic Town Committee. Um, and someone, I, I consider myself a progressive activist um, in some level. Uh, I'm very concerned about our future, very concerned about um, making sure that no one gets left behind. And um, Derek, would you like to say a few words about yourself? Sure. I'm Derek. I uh, live in Milford, and uh, I'm a husband, a family of five, and um, I also consider myself a progressive. Um, I've been politically engaged for a little while. I haven't really jumped into the pool fully yet, but I am cautiously optimistic about uh, future work within organizations and and other activist communities. I hope to get more involved. So this is the uh, Progressive Milford podcast. Um, Kind of came out of the group of the same name. Um, Yeah, we want to do a semi-regularly discussion about uh, politics at the state, local, um, and national and international level. Um, Maybe with the Space Force, maybe intergalactic someday. Who knows? Um, (laughs) But... Um, yeah, uh, there's a lot going on right now. We're all quarantined. So we figured, Hey, we might as well make a podcast. Right. Um, so, you know, I I think a good topic for our first episode is about someone who seems like they're on their way to the democratic nomination (laughs) is the one, the only, uh, former vice president, Joe Biden. And I didn't want to necessarily talk about the man himself, more like the ideas that are behind his campaign, because uh, I think he ran a very, and has been running a very specific kind of campaign, um, you know, not trying to shake things up. In fact, quite the opposite. Uh, I think he's Biden time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, I, I think he's, his entire campaign has basically been, Hey, America needs a reset button. Um, or, or no, basically, we need to undo the Trump presidency. Once we get rid of Trump, we can go back to the way things were and, and move forward. The good old days, as they call it. The good old days of <laughs> four years ago. <laughs> you know. Um, so we just kind of want to talk about that concept. A, will it work? B, should it work? C, why it's been working for him so far? Uh, and D, the, the historical precedent this sort of has, because, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll get into that, but this isn't the first time someone's tried to run that sort of campaign, basically saying, hey, things are all crazy, let's get back to normal. Right. Um, so... Let's start from the beginning. Um, so uh, Joe Biden's first public event, he said that Americans don't want a revolution. They, the thrust of this message is essentially there's nothing systematically wrong with the USA. Right. Um, everything that's wrong with it can be fixed. Look what's right with it. 
like we were doing with during the Obama era. Um, and this is kind of at odds with some of his other primary opponents. I mean, Elizabeth Warren's campaign slogan was big structural change, which to me says, you know, you're looking at these structural uh, deficiencies in America and you want to correct them. Um, Bernie Sanders, his entire thing is calling for a political revolution for people who weren't engaged in the process before to get engaged and stand up for things they believe in. Um, mm -hmm. Even Pete Buttigieg said multiple times, we don't have to choose between um, a revolution, the status quo, kind of putting himself in the middle of Biden and, and the more left wing of the field. Right. But Joe Biden's message is essentially that the only thing wrong with America is Trump. Well, he, um, he let off with his campaign saying the reason why he jumped into the race in the first place was because of Charlottesville. Uh, yep. So it was not, it wasn't because of anything leading up to Trump or, or, or anything, uh, that's happening. Right. It, it, it's Absolutely. about that one moment and that the whole character of the nation has changed. Like, yep. mm, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure about all that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, there's that. I mean, in, in, it's his idea that sort of this one man, Trump is bringing out this ugly character in America. Right. Um, like he, he even said, you know, People asked, hey, you couldn't fix the ACA when you were Obama's vice president because the Republicans wouldn't wouldn't come to the table. Now you're talking about coming to the table. And he, he literally said after um, Trump, uh, I think the Republicans are going to have an epiphany. Mm -hmm. um, something he literally said. So, again... It seems like he doesn't quite... Um... Remember how it how it happened back in in uh, two thousand twelve. Uh, just right. just that he's he, again. This there's no Trump. Uh, there's no Trump at that point talking about about uh, uh, stonewalling Obama. So so where, where right is that is that where he wants to get back to Com complete gridlock? Right, or, or I guess it's more of a mythical America, you know. Um, it, it's kind of a mythical idea of the Obama administration. Right. Um, certainly, he, the, the administration had some great accomplishments, but you know, some of his greatest accomplishments came from when he was willing to stand up and no longer participate in the games with Congress. Right. Like DACA was an executive order. Right. Um, the Iran deal was something he he essentially did himself. Yep. Um, you know, there there was no real grand bargains. I think the closest thing to that was the ACA, which came about when the, without a single Republican vote. Right. So uh, this idea that, you know, things are going to go back to the way they were working. Well, how was it working? Mm -hmm. But uh, the biggest thing, this isn't the first time someone's run on this agenda or, or this message, basically. Mm -hmm. um, back in 1920... A hundred years ago. A hundred years ago, <laughs> to, to this exact year. Um, there was a presidential election between one James M. Cox and one Warren G. Harding, um, in which Warren G. Harding crushed. He was the Republican. Um, the largest popular vote victory in American history. Right. And he ran, uh, his campaign slogan was, a return to normalcy. Now... At the time, people made jokes about it because it was a made-up word. Um, 
he didn't even campaign. He campaigned from his front porch. You know, you know, had reporters come to him. Right. And, and most interesting, he was the senator from Ohio. His opponent, James Cox, was the um, governor of Ohio at the time. <laughs> Ohio domination. Oh my! They both they both were owners of newspapers before they got into politics. Huh, that should so tell you, you had, something. <laughs> you had two twenties newspaper men from Ohio facing off against each other. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the time, you know, Woodrow Wilson was the incumbent president. Right. Now, um, Woodrow Wilson was part of the trio of progressive presidents we had in the beginning of the 1900s. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was back when there's progressives in both, both parties. So you had um, Teddy Roosevelt, you had Howard Taft, um, then you had Woodrow Wilson, the three presidents that, that created some big changes in this country. Right. Um, and Woodrow Wilson might even have been the uh, one with some of the biggest changes. Right. Um, for example, like Woodrow Wilson started an income tax. Um, Woodrow Wilson really, after years and years of America not getting involved in foreign policy, Woodrow Wilson took us into World War One and tried to set up the League of Nations. Mm-hmm. Now, America had just been through a world war, its first big significant war <laughs> Um, on a world stage, uh, probably ever. Uh, I, I mean, we had the Spanish-American War about 15 years earlier, right. but that, that was a regional, that was more of a regional conflict. Um, this is the first time America came onto the world stage, sort of led the world, led the charge to establish the League of Nations. Um, and also there was an epidemic at the time Immediately following World War One, the Spanish flu, which we've all heard a little bit about lately. Mm-hmm. Um, very topical. Very topic, topical. And also, we were in the middle of a depression, which was the second depression in two years right. um, at that time. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of parallels between then and now. Um, you know, people were, were felt like things were topsy-turvy. Um, and here, this man... Warren Harding came and said, we need to bring things back to normal, the normal pace of life. Um, That's correct. And he also had his, uh, he also had his VP, his VP choice. Um, is that Coolidge? I believe? Yes. Calvin Coolidge. Yes. And he was silent cow. And he was more of a law and order guy. And during that time, you also had uh, Chicago race riots uh, going yep. on. Uh, so the, the country was definitely un, under unrest. And right. especially in those times when you're talking, in, <laughs> I say those times, in these times, whenever you have unrest with a, a minority community, people tend to run and scream that they need law and order. Yeah. I mean, there's also the, uh, the first Red Scare at that mm-hmm. time. I mean, socialism was a very growing movement. Yeah. Um, so you want to talk about anxiety in the past. Yeah, well, it, it, it just, most interesting, um, Eugene Debs, who Bernie Sanders has a picture hanging of in his Senate office right behind his yeah. chair. Um, Eugene Debs, who was a perennial candidate for president, actually got the largest popular vote number for any socialist candidate. Mm. And he was in jail at the time. That's amazing. <laughs> he was in jail for sedition. Amazing. Um, so, so, yeah, there's it, it was a topsy-turvy time in America. Um, and, it, you know, Warren Harding's, opponent James Cox kind of ran as an acolyte of, of Woodrow Wilson. Mm-hmm. Um, also of note, uh, Warren Harding's VP choice was a 
the Massachusetts governor, right. Calvin Coolidge, who first got his came to national renown by uh, basically breaking the Boston Police Union strike. Yeah. That, that was <laughs> that was go. how he, that's how we got thrust into national politics. <laughs> um, and for a lot of people at the time, it was like, "Hey, good for you for showing them what's what." You know, breaking strikes mm-hmm. like like these unions need to stop somewhere. Right. Um, things are going crazy. So that Warren Harding said, "Hey, this guy is actually," and the Republican Party said, "This guy is actually yeah, uh, um, going to be a pretty good choice." Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you had essentially a ticket of, "Hey, these progressive reforms went too far." Um, time to bring things back to normal. It's it's funny like if you if, if you put those two together between uh, the 1920 and 2020 and you hear Biden saying it kind of can help you understand who he would possibly choose for a VP pick if you're going by what you happened back then you'd looking you'd well, be looking for a you know, prosecutor. It, well, it's funny. Um, I I almost think that that what I just described, you know, is more in line with Trump's 2016 campaign. Okay. Um, you know, because essentially it was, hey, oh, these people have gone too far. Make America great right. again. Um, but again, I, I think Biden's al- almost saying, make America great again, again. Right. You know, um, it, it's kind of off the same thing. But I think a major difference is, you know, in, in 1920, there was decades of progressive reforms that had happened right. prior to this. Um, and I think... It was just, I, I think the mood in the country at the time was, okay, yeah, let's, you know, things have gone too far. Let's bring it back. Um, again, I, I just want to emphasize, Warren Harding won every single state that wasn't the South. Right. Every single one. I mean, it's kind of weird looking at the map nowadays, mm-hmm. you know, the because back then there was the deep red states of California and Massachusetts and New York. Right. Um, in the, the Democratic stronghold of Texas, Virginia, <laughs> South Carolina, and Georgia. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so and, and Warren Harding actually won Tennessee, which is the first time um, the Republicans had won Tennessee. Right. Uh, and the first time the Republicans won a state that was part of the Confederacy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it was a sort of a big election. Um, immediately following that uh the roaring twenties happened, you know, government kind of took its foot off the gas mm-hmm. for about eight years. And then, Hey, a, the great depression happened. And then, you know, the new deal happened and uh, Warren Harding, Calvin Coolidge are kind of footnotes in history at this so point. So what you're saying um, is in 2024 or, or 2028, we'll have the most pr- progressive candidate ever. I, well, I, I mean, I think, well, that's, that's the, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, Warren Harding was looking at pull, at trying to pull back from an entire era. Right. You right. know, the progressive era started with Teddy Roosevelt in 1901 yeah. and ended in 1920 when Warren Harding, um, the newspaper man, won. I don't know. It's just so odd to me. You know, you have these two guys from Ohio that were like newspaper owners. Yeah. Like just, I feel like that's a very nineteen twenty <laughs> thing, you know. You know, just, they, those newspapers had to report about the Black Sox and 
and all these other like <laughs> like er, they they knew corruption. <laughs> yeah, they knew. Yeah, they knew well, how guess, to elevate themselves. They've been watching. Like, I just feel like it's a very it's a very like I, I don't know. I can hear like ragtime playing in my head just talking yeah, about yeah. it. You know, um, um, but no. So an interesting quote from um from Warren Harning from the campaign trail is. America's present need is not heroics, but healing, not nostrums, but normalcy, not revolution, but restoration, not agitation, but adjustment. Again, mm. it, it's very similar to tranquility of graduates sort of, right there. My God. <laughs> right, 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 exactly. Um, it, it's very similar to kind of what the entire message um, of, so, of Biden's campaign is. Right. Um, but again, I think like what he's actually trying to return to is more in line with what Trump was trying to return to um, in 2016. Right. But Trump ran as a surgeon, mm-hmm. you know. Um, Biden's running as this established member of the um, long political, long time uh, political status quo that's trying to bring America back to better days. So yeah, they don't. They're trying to, and they got dust on their shoulders because it's no one's really been checking them out for a while (laughs) yeah well it's interesting you know woodrow wilson in in uh in 1920 he was pro-free trade progressive and a foreign interventionist Mm -hmm. trump's right-wing pro-tariff america first nationalist um you know it's almost like it's almost it, it's almost like you had this Trump beat decade beat someone who represented decades of bipartisan consensus on foreign policy, um, bipartisan consensus on you know how the economy works. Right. You you don't want to tariff other countries into not to, not trading with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you 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 know free trade is good. In um, bipartisan consensus on a lot of things you know I, I obviously don't like the man i think he's a terrible president but you know he represented sort of a realignment in american yeah. politics absolutely um joe biden's trying to bring it back to that to before that realignment i think the um question is are, are people really over that realignment like was was trump i was Trump a fluke? I think the Repu- I think the Republican Party themselves, they don't think of it as a fluke because if they actually thought that there was a chance they could beat Trump on their side, they would throw John Kasich against him again. You know? Right. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Again, and I guess the question is: is uh, I mean, obviously, like you talk to most people in the Democratic Party. Um, I think Trump is, it takes up a, a large uh, vacuum of space. I mean, you talk about political organizing. As the, the right side, um, we live in their minds. <laughs> yeah, well, in like for good reason, too, yeah. right? I mean, I mean, this guy is a, He's got he, you know, he tweets out constantly. <laughs> he tweets out constantly. He, but again, his, his message was an insurgent one drain right. the swamp, make America great again. You know, is this insurgent? We're gonna deal Listen, a knockout if a, punch. If it was a different actor standpoint. saying it, I would totally be on board myself. Drain the swamp, absolutely. Yeah. I'm all about that. 
but unfortunately, yeah, it, well, not right. Really. <laughs> Some people really believed it. Well, yeah, but that's, that's a good You know, in 2016, I feel like that was like a sort of populist election right. year. Absolutely. Um, the, the real question is, though, you know, is America is America so sick of Trump they're willing to go all the way back to the status quo? Um, because that's Joe Biden's not even trying to hide right. that. I mean, we call Pete Buttigieg a moderate, but he frequently said, "Oh, I'm not the status quo. I'm not a revolutionary, but you know, I'm not." The and yet, times he talked about um, being a progressive. He said he's a chameleon. He said a lot of different things to a lot to appeal to a lot of different right. People. Yeah, we can but, we can but talk Biden about that straight up. Just uh, uh, exactly who he is. No, no, Biden. Biden is not exactly. hiding it. He's saying that is who I am. Um, Americans don't want. He even said Americans don't want a revolution. Americans want their government right. to work for them. Um, exactly. So I, I think you know Biden's entire message is everything's overall everything's all right, and we have to get back to that. Um, but the question is, you know, you and I are sitting here now, quarantined in our house. Bars aren't open. Restaurants aren't open. Um, you know, there's a global pandemic going on. I'm creating um, moonshine in my bathtub right now. <laughs> moonshine. So maybe it is pretty like the 20s. Yeah. I, don't know. <laughs> I, I am the beer baron. <laughs> no. um, but again, we, we've entered a pandemic that's brought American life to a screeching halt. Um yeah, you know we have it. We're we are on the verge of the worst stock market um, in a very, very, very long time. Um, and I think you know there's been some recovery lately. There's been a stimulus package, but the the real question is, how do you stimulate this economy? No one's working. People are stuck in their houses. People are stuck yep. in their houses. They can't shop. Um, there's no place to spend it except at grocery stores and in essentials. Exactly. You know. Um, maybe streaming services? I don't know. Um, I think that the, the question, like, I think we're going to fundamentally change um, this right. country or, over the course of the next few months. I think we're going to... To me, it's going to be interesting to see what industry does to, to uh, prevent something like this from happening again. Like, I don't know how... Right. Well, well it's, it's, it's interesting because 1928, right? Um, you know, the idea, the reason why Hoover did so poorly in dealing with it isn't necessarily because he was um, ideologically um, against it. I mean, he actually did a lot of intervention mm-hmm. in the economy uh, through the government. He did a lot of things, but the prevailing economic ideas at the time were basically like, okay, well, this is part of the business cycle. You kind of need to let this work itself right. out. Um, what FDR did was listen to John Maynard Keynes in spend a lot on encouraging consumption, um, spend a lot on uh, encouraging demand, boosting aggregate demand. That, that was what it was all about. Hey, you put money in people's pockets, they'll spend, and it will get the economy going right. again. That won't work right now because there's no place yep. to spend the money. Um, you know, you make... Uh, 2008, it was a housing market crash, mm-hmm. right? There, that's, that's the bubble that, that burst. You know, afterwards, people started buy, buying twice as many yep. houses. You know, that's, yep. that's kind of what got the economy going again. Right now, people aren't going to buy twice as much takeout. Exactly. <laughs> you know, people aren't going to buy 
once this is over, people aren't going to make up all of the spending in the service economy that we've gone on right now. So, I mean, I think you have a lot of lost um, economic opportunity right now. I think you have a lot of lost um, consumption in the economy. I, I think that we are going to see some changes in for the long haul. And you can see that support for progressive programs like Medicare for All mm-hmm. has surged. Um, I think people are giving these ideas a second look. I mean, look, you had you had Trump <laughs> the other day say, "Oh, you know, there's so many uninsured people. Um, we need to look at increasing Medicare oh, yeah. coverage." Just like that, just like that. Even the you even know the, the toughest libertarian, when they're unsafe, suddenly they need a safety net. You know, it's just the way it, it's just the way it right. works. Is that you? Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand actually uh, died in public housing while on uh, Medicare. <laughs> you know, that's, that's actually a fact. I, that's I, a fact. That needs to be um, somewhere. But, but again, I, I think that I think that we're looking at a time period in American history. You know, there's there's certain realignments, right? Um, and I feel like the FDR was a realignment because I mean, he brought new ideas which, to the table, which brought I, again the rise like of- like. Of unions, right? Like, yep, Brian, the rise of unions, and, and again, there is there is trailblazers to this happening um, beforehand. I mean, Woodrow Wilson was one of them, and you know, Woodrow Wilson is kind of a very terrible yep. yeah, dude in a lot of ways. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want, I don't, I don't want to lionize him, but I do, I want to give credit where credit's due. <laughs> yeah, um, but again, like you look at like the Civil War was a realignment in American history. The Revolutionary War is a realignment in American history. Reagan was a realignment. You know, um, there was a different kind of economic um, crisis yeah. that happened, which brought Keynes's ideas very, into question. Very sharp you know? and flows. You know, it flows and then suddenly you right. hit a I mean, in the in the seventies, in the seventies, like I said before. FDR, the economic idea was okay. When the economy is bad, you just kind of let it you let it work itself out. The market will correct itself. Um, then it was okay. When the economy is bad, you spend till it right. gets good again. Well, the seventies that created stagflation, not only a stagnant a stagnant economy, but runaway inflation, um, which was very bad. And so then people were like, "Well, maybe this whole spending get your way of a, a recession thing wasn't the best idea." Which you know, people have found the right way to spend, but, but again, that's that's kind of what led to the rise right. of Reagan. You know, that you once these ideas come into question, then someone else comes along and brings new ones, and then we run with those. That's, that's just kind of how it goes. Um, so, that being said, was normal so great? I, I mean, we're talking we're talking about a a time in American history when we're, we're really at the, um, we're, we're really at yeah. a precipice, you know, we're really at a crossroads and, and it's I just, just... because you're, you say was norm was normal. So great. And it's, is great what we're actually looking for. Cause like, cause my, my point is yeah, for for you and I, as, as progressives, we, I know like what I would want. Right. <laughs> But yeah, I also right. understand that there's a big percentage of people who are too scared to go for it, or they're just they don't they don't think it's practical and need, it takes time. Um, but is it good enough for now? Is that is it is it acceptable? I guess is what I'm saying. 
Not necessarily that it's great. Is it acceptable? Right. Well, that's the thing. I mean, for, I mean, Obama came in, became president in the middle of the Great Recession. I don't know how, how old were you at the time? I was 18. Um, I was probably, uh, how old are you? I'm 29. <laughs> Sorry. Did you not want to say your age? your age? I am actually a little older than you. So I was uh, I was in the okay. going to the workforce. Yeah. So I was I was going to college. Like, I remember it very well. Um, and I remember being like, oh, wow, there goes all my job right, opportunities. Right. <laughs> you know? um, but yeah, Obama saw a recovery right. from that. But I, I think the problem is nothing. Like, we saw, we saw a... Uh, an issue and nothing was really mm-hmm. corrected um, in how in, right. in what caused the issue um, like, like yes there were some things certainly the Dodd-Frank bill had some some great Rest parts to it um, but <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah, yes yeah was. right right <laughs> that every yeah right exactly um, and you know the top 20% of zip codes saw the most job growth of that recovery. Um, most of the country actually stayed flat. About, I mean, about 50% of the country, there was no mm-hmm. recovery at all. Um, people's 401ks still haven't right. gotten back to where they were. And then certainly that was, that was before all of this most recent exactly. market exactly. turmoil, you know? Um, again, in Every single great thing Obama proposed either had to be watered down or significantly, or, or, or it just, or it just just didn't happen because right. of the Republican Party. Um, if you remember the Tea Party, of course, of course, <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Tea Party led, is led not that Sarah different Palin. from what Trump is now. Led by Sarah Palin, was it led by the um, Tea Party. Well, Boehner was kind of like this this guy that that kind of yeah. got forced in the middle of it. I think I think he was more yeah. of a moderate Republican, but he he suddenly found himself at the helm of a party <laughs> that right, the literally wanted to <laughs> right, right, which you know eventually culminated, right. I think, exactly. with Trump. <laughs> uh, so mm-hmm. that wasn't that normal. Um, in it, and it if just, you want to go before that, you talk about the Bush years. Like, is was what you couldn't? Yeah, the Bush years, normal? Is right? That right. For us, that- I, I mean, I actually think I think most millennials never really experienced the right. normal America that Joe Biden, uh, the, the the you know, wistfully the talks time about. I can think of is obviously during the Clinton years, and the Clinton that was that was and for yeah. me I was still a very young man. Uh, like I was, I think I was definitely a kid at that My, point. My first memory of politics was the Clinton impeachment. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that happened yeah. when I was eight. I didn't know what it was about. I didn't know what it was for. I just knew that, that the president was getting impeached because he, he did something wrong. That, that's all I, like, I knew at the time. So which was you know, you the know, same, about the same um, time that like, uh, your age is the same age that I would have been when I, like, I remember seeing George Bush Sr. and his glasses. You know, I just like those are some thick glasses. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I mean, I kind of I remember oh, like yeah, Bob yeah, Dole yeah. being a thing. I I remember nothing about him. You know, 
but but like yeah i was i was a i remember the clinton impeachment and then from there there was 9-11 there was the iraq war there was hurricane katrina there was the stock market crashing i was i was in washington dc on january 20th 2009 and saw obama get inaugurated um that was the high point right. of politics um in my yeah, existence yeah. <laughs> you know that and elizabeth warren right. getting elected in 2012 that was a pretty cool moment um Bernie Sanders winning a come from behind victory in, in Michigan in 2016 right. was pretty awesome. But like, other than that, it's just been turmoil, <laughs> turmoil, turmoil. Um, you know, every single week, something else, you know, occupy the Arab spring, all these, these things that really appended right. the world in a lot of ways. So that's the millennial experience. I, as, I think that's probably why, um, Biden's message hasn't been really too appealing to millennials because we've, we've been put into a, like, a we don't frantic know. state that even having right. somebody that, saying, the idea it's of okay, like, guys, let's just stick in the middle of this. It's like, it's infuriating to us. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I think that it's just it hasn't been really appealing to millennials. I think millennials as a whole are more in the revolutionary mm-hmm. camp, you know, on that sort of paradigm we talked about earlier. And, you know, I, I think that Joe Biden, if he wants to win, he's going to have to get millennials yeah. on his side, you know, um, he's going to have to find some way to do it. This is a very important part of the democratic coalition. And you and I can go out there and tell everybody to vote for Joe Biden and that he's a great guy, but I, I don't no. think that's going to appeal. I, I don't think that's going. I don't think that's going to do it. I don't think it's that not, it's not is, quite Fight Club, but it sometimes it, sometimes it feels like that. If you go and you say, "Hey, go vote for Joe Biden," they're going to say, "Like, uh, well, how did you just sell out? <laughs> like, like, how did you how did you suddenly become a guy who's not concerned about?" Uh, the foreign wars. Who's someone who's not concerned about the the uh, Wall Street regulation? Like, how did how did you go from I'm supporting Bernie Sanders to say, hey, listen, just go vote for just go vote for Biden because you know, like he's the well, less dangerous of the two. I, well, I think it's I think it's more like I think it's more like we Something need to fight for. We need um. Well, yeah, I, I think we need a message. Mm-hmm. We need a platform. Um, we need something that actually changes our society. Uh, what could that be? What what could be that like strongest well, issue? That well, let's, let's, well, let's let's talk about let's talk about this for a second because what we just described is actually mm-hmm. pretty mm-hmm. millennial centric. You know, um, clearly Biden's message has been resonating right. with a lot of people. You know, clearly. Um, and we'll talk about why four hundred one k. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well. Well. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to get back, if you want to get, if you want to get, there's the that. Get back I think seven thousand, and you want it to be consistent and not so top yeah. turvy like you have with Trump, and you've lost all this money in your four one k. Right. You're looking to retire soon. I can totally see. Let's just go back to Biden so I can actually have my four hundred one k back. Right. There's that. I, oh, I, I think another big piece of it is I, I think that. Um, the Trump administration, the biggest, the the most um, dangerous and most um, 
how do you say destructive policies mm-hmm. that have come from the Trump administration have mm-hmm. affected Absolutely. minorities the most. And that's that's Joe Biden's coalition, uh, older mm-hmm. minorities, especially uh, and also suburban suburban women um, and also suburban moderate Republicans, all people who actually were pretty right. fine with the way things were for the most part under Obama. Um, again, it, millennials really haven't recovered. Millennials, Gen X haven't they're recovered still, from the Great Recession. Assault. But <laughs> you know, it's not over the pain. Right. The pain right. So, to, so to say, it's a lot. It's a lot easier to say, "Hey, we're, let's go back to when things were great." Um, when you haven't seen you, you haven't you literally haven't recovered from the event that happened ten years ago. You know. Um, so obviously, his his message has resonated with. Um, many in the Democratic Party. I think there's a lot of people that find Trump to be um, a uniquely dangerous president, which he probably is. Um, There's sort of this sense of it's our duty as Americans to get him out of there. Um, And you can see that that Bernie's policies and Liz's policies were much more popular among Democrats than Biden's. But they still voted for Biden. Um, and that's because most people said that having a candidate that beats Trump is more important than a candidate that aligns with you on the issues. And they, if I, I think there's a lot of people that felt like, okay, right. well, we can't screw this up. This is like the election of our lifetimes. We need things to get right. back to a normal pace. We, you know, Trump is a uniquely Absolutely. dangerous president. Um, and so I, I think Democrats want to get back to normal. Uh, obviously, we talked about Republicans kind of like the new uh-huh. the new era, you know. Um, the question is, where do independents come down? Independents, you know? historically, they don't care for the NAFTA deal, right? And, I mean, independents, they don't yeah. they don't want foreign wars either. So he's going to have to try, figure out a way to, to right. get them on board. Um, I think at this point, I think it's fairly well known that Trump is taking care of veterans. Right. I think that would be that would be an issue that Biden could take up to actually, you know, solve veteran homelessness, the give give them right. actual right. Um, uh, good representation. If they if I think if he wanted to appeal towards the military in that way, I think it'd be I'd be genuine about it. I think he would get a lot of support. There's a lot of people who who are very sympathetic to the struggles of vets. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um just to to kind of circle back, you know. Um, so Joe Joe Biden's pushing a return to normal, uh, a return to a normal that didn't really exist for many people. Certainly not millennials or Generation X. Um, I, I mean, those are the people that those are the generations that really voted for right. Bernie Sanders and Gen Z as well. Um, also. I don't think a return to normal is possible at this point. Like, I, I think if this, I think if the primaries happened a month, I, I think sure. if the primaries started right now, you know, I think there would be a completely different result. I'm not hmm. going to say I know what that result is, but I, I don't think Joe Biden would have done as well. Hmm. Um, I am now, maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, 
thinking too far ahead about something that could obviously change. There's so many different ways things can change between now and November. Um, but I just feel like Trump is so good at messaging and the media is so complicit that I, I, I honestly believe that even with as many people dying as we anticipate dying in this coronavirus um, pandemic, he could change the message back to being favorable to him by the end. And that's what I'm scared of, is that he could actually... Uh, I, I, th- I think so, too. Well, I, I think, like, again, we're in a new world at this point. I mean, uh, you have people... I mean, I've certainly been thinking about, like, right. having loved ones get this terrible disease and, and being unable to right. see them for their last days. Mm-hmm. Really, it weighs on you, you know? It, it weighs on you. It... Again, I think that there's a lot. I think people have the idea, are holding the idea of a shared future, um, and you know, a society that works for everyone. I think are holding that in right. higher regard than they were yeah. a few months ago. I mean, I just, I don't know. I don't see how you can't. <laughs> There's a lot of things that I, that um, I would say about, say, I it, say that too, and, and really not be able to understand why this actually right, happened. <laughs> right. But look, I, I think, I really do think that we are um, at a point where we're really seeing why <laughs> we, we can't, right. Well, especially why we can't, tie healthcare to employment for example you know um i think that i think this message brought him so far because democrats literally are seeing trump as a unique evil as as a uniquely destructive president and you know we we can't i i I think the idea is we can't get anything done if we don't get rid of him first you know um, but I think that kind of just all got tossed out the window. I, I think that idea got kind of got tossed out the window, seeing as we're in the midst of a crisis. Um, I mean, now people are being asked to wear masks in public. Like even like like it feels like a right a completely different country right now. Um, it does, I, and I, I again, I don't know that the hey, we can press the reset button and, and turn everything back to normal is going to be as effective as it was. I've just, I mean, we're all we're saying all of this, expecting there to be a November election, you know, and and we, we yeah. might have it. But well, I think what, what, well, we, what well, do we have for turnout if this thing is still in the air at that point. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good question. It's hard to strategize. Like, um, <laughs> what did you hear? Did you hear Trump say they're trying to get us to vote by mail? Yeah, a Republican no. will never win if that happens. Yeah, he's. Did you hear just... him say that? <laughs> it's, it's like, whoa! Like, I I get it. He's dumb, but man, <laughs> when he gives you those sound bites, when he says the, the quiet part out loud, it's it's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, yeah. Well, we are at the uh, 43 minute mark. Let's wrap it up. So, All let's right. um, start to wrap this up.
wrap this up. So, A, Joe um, Biden wants to return to normal. B, that's not, this isn't the first time it's been tried. C, I, I, I don't know that it will work given the current circumstances we're in. Um, D, it, it's worked so far because of the Democratic electorate is clearly craving that. Right. But will it work for the general? And E, Woodrow, Woodrow Wilson is a complicated uh, who knows? dude. You should look him up. <laughs> He's a problematic guy. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, we're on it. But when we say complicated, he he like he he, he like led he like was in Birth of a Nation, like post it. Like for the young kids, it's not it's not the like, but it's like no, no, the bad, the really bad one. Um, you know. Saying this is great, like, like that was basically like they quote him. They're like, "Wow!" But exactly. like That's he was a progressive leader at the time. Complicated as well. Like he was, he, you know. Yeah, absolutely. He, he was he, like he was like yeah, absolutely. Poor people should yeah. have unemployment yeah, insurance. Also, we should send the black people back you to know. Africa. But <laughs> yeah, but also like he loved he loved the KKK. Yeah. Like like it's just you know. The early 1900s were a very, very, very bizarre time in American history. Um, you know, you had like people doing st- like people used to go to watch like strong men compete against each, like right. lift little yes. people up in the air, and like it was just a very bizarre, bizarre time period. You know, um, which is why maybe maybe a right. return to normalcy worked for some people. I don't know, but. <laughs> um, uh... Yeah, Woodrow Wilson's a really complicated dude. If you want to be in politics in his right. 1920, become a newspaper man. Um, in 2020, yeah, that too. that's, that's all I got. Jeff Bezos owned the Washington Post. <laughs> and then you can run for president. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, see, here's, as far as the, um, the super yeah. wealthy people running for president, I think the, I think the next one that's going to do it is yeah. probably going to be Mark Cuban. I really do. I really do. He's got the. I, I feel like he's been positioning himself in a similar. Yeah, well, like so, so like remember prior to Donald Trump jumping in, like he kept talking about how he's going to jump in. Like twenty twelve, right. he's like, oh, I'm gonna, I might run for president. Right. Um, and then he didn't. But he still like opined on like every single political, like Mark Cuban said right. he was thinking of running in twenty sixteen. And they say he's running, thinking of running in 2020, but like, like he keeps saying what he would do if he is mm-hmm. like he stayed mm-hmm. relevant. And you know, everybody, so many people yeah. watch Shark Tank. Like I feel like I feel like Mark Cuban could do it. I feel like in 2020, well, we Mark say this Cuban for another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're done. Um, have a great day, guys. Hope you enjoy social distancing. <laughs> yep. Tom out. See ya. All right.